You're listening to SMSF Connect podcast on iRadio Live that brings you programs covering a variety of genres under development. Hello and welcome. This is Aarti. We bring to you the second part of our interview with Keegan Kotsky from the World Food Prize Foundation. Keegan is Senior Director, Global Youth Programs and Partnerships at the World Food Prize Foundation headquartered in Des Moines, U.S. In the earlier episode, we spoke about challenges to food security and also about preparing our next generation to overcome these challenges. This is part two of our discussion featured in this episode. So, uh, moving on, we always say that innovations can lead the future. And if I uh, talk about food security, uh, what innovations come to your mind that have an impact in advancing the sustainable development goals and food security? There are so many. I think this is one of the, the most beautiful and powerful things. There are, there are heroes all around us every day solving these problems. There are innovators and entrepreneurs that are making an incredible difference in every community and, and all around us, but we don't often highlight them. We don't celebrate them and elevate that, that good work and those important things. The World Food Prize has been given to 51 individuals since it was first created. Mm -hmm. And I think it's incredibly powerful that eight of those individuals whose work was celebrated and, and those innovations came from India and came from this region of the world. Mm -hmm. And as we think about, you know, what are some of those those innovations, you know, we start with Dr. Swaminathan and his role in shaping the Green Revolution and yeah. bringing those technologies to farmers and getting them into the hands of the people that needed them most. But it's so much more than that. You know, it was, it was, it was Gurdiv Kush and the work on improved rice varieties that were so instrumental, not just in wheat, but in so many other crops that, that were, were foundational. It was Verghese Kurian and the, the transformation of the dairy industry in India and how that white revolution transformed families and, and empowered them to have a place in the process, right? That was the problem before. They were producing the milk, but yeah. they weren't empowered to actually then benefit and be a part of the process to collectively organize its processing and its Marketing. distribution to get, to, yeah. to get the benefits of the system. So even those things where it wasn't even necessarily the initial, it was the, the philosophy of empowering the people to actually benefit um, and improve their lives was what was so transformative in some of those kind of models. It wasn't about a technology per se. Uh, it was actually about those broader social processes and, and organizations that were critical. Something that, that the SM Segal Foundation, you know, does incredibly well now and really focuses on that, the, that organization at the school level, at the village level, at the community level to mobilize um, individuals to be able to, to activate and have agency to improve their own lives. Um, but, you know, as we go forward, those innovations, whether it's quality protein maize and improving the digestible protein content that Surinder Vassal and others mm -hmm. developed with Simit, you know, it, it's really quite remarkable, all of the different innovations. Aditi Mukherjee, working on groundwater resources, looked at how do we incentivize and remove barriers facing farmers and families to just get access to the water to better manage it. So again, in so many ways, you know, I think it's both about technologies and innovations and new crop varieties or disease-resistant, um, you know, species. Mm -hmm. But it's also about just the important political processes, the social processes, the, the community-based development work that, that is really transformational. 
And we were so honored last week to be able to announce Dr. Mahalingam Govindaraj as this year's Borlaug Field Award winner for developing Dana Shakti, the, you know, the first biofortified pearl millet varieties, okay. developing them here in India, now reaching hundreds of thousands of, of families and farmers with improved zinc and improved iron in those pearl millet varieties. Mm -hmm. So again, a climate smart crop that's good in dry lands and is going to be critical for our future and now has improved nutrition and value so that every family that's consuming it is going to be healthier, is going to have those critical micronutrients that they need to, to live a healthy and good life. So there are so many different innovations that we can, can focus on. I think sometimes there is also a bias towards um, the plant sciences and, and other areas, and mm -hmm. it's important to remember heroes like Shakuntala Tilstead working in aquatic foods and Modududu Gupta on aquaculture, mm -hmm. that it's not just always about large livestock, it's not just about our crops, it's also about fish systems and aquatic foods in other ways, algae and, and other incredible you know, resources that we have available that are nutrient rich and can both improve the, the, the livelihoods of families and provide a new income source, but also can improve their protein access and the micronutrient benefits that they get every day, especially for women and children. So there are so many different incredible innovators and innovations that are happening over the last 50 years and today all around us. Um, and I think it's so important that we actually focus on what's working because it's yeah. easy to get focused on what's, what's not, not working. And, and what are the deficiencies and failings and, and what are we not living up to. And that's important to acknowledge. There is a long ways to go in this work. Um, and, and especially when, you know, when we look at India today, incredible agricultural productivity and one of the great success stories in the world. And yet it's not translating into improved nutrition for children, especially in health. We still see incredibly high rates of stunting and wasting yeah. among children. We see high levels of anemia. And again, these are all very solvable. And yet somehow it hasn't happened. So we need to focus and, and really emphasize what's working and what can be replicated and scaled. Mm -hmm. that's, where we'll, that's where we'll address these issues and be able to accomplish it while acknowledging that what we've done hasn't been enough. We haven't put the resources behind it, we haven't politically prioritized it, and the public hasn't valued it. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately our biggest challenge, right? Politicians will do what the public wants. That means we have to educate every individual in a society to understand the importance of these issues and mm -hmm. what's possible. So that ultimately is on all of us to do. Yeah. Um, it's not just about complaining that political leaders aren't making it a priority. We have to make sure every individual in society is a part of that food system and is aware of it and knows what can be done. Yeah. So everything here is connected. Water, agriculture, we uh, already know that they go hand in hand. Also, you talked about biodiversity in the nature, the food cycle. So if we talk about food biodiversity, what are your views on that? How can we, because you said that it's not translating into nourish nutrition for kids in India, although agriculture sector is doing so good. So uh, what will you say about yeah. food biodiversity? Yeah, uh, so I want to speak to two different elements of this. And um, one is, is maybe more getting actually back to you, the question you just asked a moment ago about, you know, interesting innovations and what's working. There is so much potential in crop wild relatives. You know, we have, over the course of the last 50 years or so, in all of the advances in genetics and in, in, and in breeding and others, we've in many cases focused more narrowly on fewer crops and improving and developing disease-resistant varieties and, 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 and addressing, you know, other challenges. 
But now there's this moment where we're realizing the wild relatives of every food crop that we eat in the world is, is largely still out there. There may be very little left of some and we've lost others, but if we can find it now mm -hmm. and if we can map it genetically, then all of the potential of those genes that's in there can in the future be utilized to improve and to address future challenges we aren't even facing yet. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's some of the things about when I think about the future that make me so excited. There is a whole world that we don't yet understand. Not just there, but even in our microbiome, yeah. in the human gut. All of the different dynamics and mechanisms and chemicals that influence our behavior and our health and disease and everything, we are only just starting to learn and understand. And as that advances in the next 20 years, our ability to address these issues will fundamentally change. It's mm -hmm. not just about, are they getting enough protein or, or calories? Are they getting the right nutrients? We'll actually understand how the body is metabolizing that and how that is then influencing you know, these other mechanisms of, of health and, and, and well-being. So I'm excited for that advance in you know, kind of our understanding still of our own bodies and mm -hmm. what's possible. But the same is true in our soils and in the root systems of every plant and in all of the animals, you know, species that exist. We are only just starting to untap the knowledge and potential of, of those interactions that are so complex and, and, and important. So it's really going to fundamentally change, not just crop wild relatives and the genetic potential of the plants of, of our planet, um, and, and how we'll be able to utilize them in the future with these advanced technologies, but even just our own understanding of our own bodies, our soil systems, our planetary systems. There's still so much we don't know, and I think sometimes we are so focused on, on, on what we do and, and how innovative and exciting that is, and it is, but it's also we are only just starting. These are baby steps in a, in a much broader future in the next thousand years of where we're headed. Um, when it comes, though, to that broader diversity of our foods that you're, that you're discussing, I think one of the things we have to be so very careful of is when we think about potatoes. Mm -hmm. There are thousands of families throughout the Andes mm -hmm. raising local varieties of potatoes, and it may only be four or five families that are raising this one specific variety in a, in a valley in Peru or, or in another country. Unless we preserve that bio, biological diversity, mm -hmm. unless we make sure that right now we prioritize that as a society, we will lose it um, and we won't regain it. And so again, we do have to make some of those, those issues a real priority. And, and when we think about our dietary diversity, we've come a long ways. And I think, I think even when we look at the innovations of the last you know, decade, we are now prioritizing improving the nutritional quality of our food. Mm -hmm. Where 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we focused on preservation of food so that it lasted longer, yeah. the taste profile and whether people would want to consume it and purchase it. And again, it's not that those aren't important characteristics, but that's what we prioritized in industry. That's what we prioritized in food science as a field. Mm -hmm. Now, for the first time in the last decade or so, we're starting to say, but wait, what about the actual nutritional value of the foods? What yeah. about the diversity of the diet? If, if, if a third of our world's population is obese and is now struggling from chronic disease issues because of what we consume and yeah. how sedentary our lifestyles are, clearly something's wrong. The system is broken. And our food system, our, our nutritional systems, are not working to meet our needs as a human population. We're finally realizing that. Mm -hmm. We're finally taking action to address it. So I think, again, it's only just starting. 
that yeah. kind of revolution in our in our dietary diversification and, and the quality of our food. Uh, thank you so much, Keegan. That brings us to the end of the uh, very informative discussion that we had on food security and regrading our soils and uh, food. So thank you for your time, and we really had a great time talking to you. Oh, thank you, and continue the incredible work that you are doing. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned for more. You can also listen to these podcasts on Spotify, Apple, and Google.